All right, it is showtime, as StreamYard says. Welcome back to week eight's edition of the Generational Wealth Management Extra Point Show with your host, JB Graphics, JB, Jared, Makaisa, whatever you feel like going by at this point in the year. I've gone through that every episode. But hey, thanks for tuning in to the Generational Wealth Management Extra Point Show with me. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to cover today there was a lot of really good games across the districts uh i'm looking at the uh pizza hut district 9 and 10 football live scoreboard for week 8 2022 october 14th to the 15th and it looks like everything is final across district 9 and district 10 so we'll we'll just kick it off with uh going down the score recaps the game of the year that everyone was talking about leading into this week. You had a 7-0 Red Bank Valley versus 6-1 Port Allegheny. Port Allegheny came out on top 8-7 over Red Bank with a late touchdown in the fourth quarter, followed up by the two-point conversion to make it 8-7. So now both teams are now 7-1 with two weeks left in the regular season. Also, we'll just continue going down the list and District 9, we had Otto Eldred topping Bucktail 42-36. Union AC Valley 42-7 over Smithport. St. Mary's with a 31-0 shutout over Bradford. Brockway 41, Ridgeway 13. Brookville 34, Carn City 7. Cameron County with an upset over Elk County Catholic 28-13. Central Clarion County 45, Dubois 7. Clearfield rebounds with a 55-16 win over Belfont. Connemaw Valley defeated Kerwinsville in overtime, 28-27. Yeah, 28-27 in overtime. Keystone, 45, Kane, 13. And Punxsutawney gets a 41-0 shutout over Monotaw. Moving on to our District 10 scores, we got Cambridge Springs 35, Cochranton 6, Cathedral Pratt 40, Butler 14, Maplewood 31, Kennedy Catholic 22, Mercer 15, Lakeview 13, Reynolds 78. I don't think that's a typo, so 78, Segertown 12. That's a lot of points. Mercyhurst Prep with a 67-0 shutout over Iroquois. Seneca, 40. Union City, 0. Farrell, 42. Sharon, 14. Hickory, 45. Greenville, 12. Grove City, 38. Sharpsville, 22. Slippery Rock, 34. Wilmington, 6. Oil City, 34. Conneaut, 7. Meadville, 77. Franklin, 0. Warren, 42, Titusville, 17, Gerard, 30, Corey, 21, General McLean, 29, Fairview, 15, St. Clairsville, Ohio, 41, Fort LaBeouf, 12, and Northeast, 25, Harbor Creek, 0. So we had two teams reach the 70s in District 10, so definitely a lot of offense to go around in District 10. We'll also shout out our Saturday games that we have. Tomorrow we have Countersport at Sheffield in District 9. And in District 10, we got Eisenhower at Northwestern, West Toronto Prep at McDowell, Erie at Canisius, New York. I hope that's the right pronunciation, but that is our Pizza Hut District 9 and 10 football live scoreboard for week eight. We're going to play our sponsor ads real quick. And I think Chris is in the chat. Oh, I'm not here. Oh, okay. Never mind. Chris is just here for the link. Uh, we're going to play the, our uh, sponsor ads that we have. If I can find them. Where's that? There it is. Whether retirement is just around the corner or years away, John Bon Giovanni, Lucas Slazak, and Adam Jack of Generational Wealth Management in Erie and Bradford are here for you. John, a Forbes recognized best in state wealth advisor, Lucas and Adam provide customized investment advisory solutions and retirement planning services. Generational Wealth Management offers world-class investment services and internationally recognized insurance products from Northwestern Mutual, an industry leader. The Generational Wealth Management team provides a high level of expertise and service to their professional and business clients. Contact the Erie 
Erie office at 814-651-0838 or the Bradford office at 814-368-4065 or check them out online at gwm.nm.com. recipe for surprising the kids, treating yourself, and ditching dish duty? You're looking at it. Order your Pizza Hut faves like original pan, original stuffed crust, and more at PizzaHut.com. No one out pizzas the hut. All right, those were our three big sponsors that helped bring you this Extra Point show on Friday nights for eight weeks now. I can't believe we're already in week eight of the District 9 and 10 football season. So definitely give a big shout out to our Generational Wealth Management sponsor, John Bon Giovanni, Lucas Slazak, and Adam Jack of Generational Wealth Management in Erie and Bradford are here for your investment needs. They offer world-class investment services and internationally recognized insurance products from Northwestern Mutual, an industry leader. Find out more at gwm.nm.com. Also shout out Warren County Visitors Bureau, Pennsylvania's all-season destination. Warren County, simple, pure, real. Also give a shout out to Pizza Hut of Clearfield, Clarion, Brookville, Dubois, St. Mary's, Grove City. No one out pizzas the hut. Now, moving on from our sponsorship shout outs, it looks like we got Carson Neely in the works with us so let's add him to the stream what's going on carson oh not much just getting home from that win all right yeah let's just let's jump right into it you know talk about the game some you know i didn't get to i caught the fourth quarter of the game but you know walk us through what happened tonight yeah well uh early we were faced with some adversity uh we just were coached to overcome and i feel that uh the game was it was a really good game and uh you know it was reached out to be the game of the year and stuff and it was all all of that yeah i definitely agree you know i got i got the i get done with work at 8 30 and i the first thing i always do is just check the pizza hut district 9 and 10 scoreboard and i saw it was zero zero still in the third quarter i'm like wow this is a defensive battle right here like i feel like uh it definitely lived up to that like everything you could ask for for a uh game of the year candidate and you know you guys came up top and you upset i don't know if you want to call it an upset or whatever but you definitely took down the best team in 1a if not one of the best teams in district nine yeah uh coming into the game we obviously knew it was going to be a dog fight in which it was and uh we just knew we've been grinding since gosh after they upset or be us in the playoffs and we just knew how bad that hurt. We didn't want that to happen again. Yeah, like all this whole week leading up, or even like the weeks prior to, because I've kind of been seeing like the writing on the wall. You know, Keystone's was undefeated throughout the season. Then you guys were sitting there at six and one going into this game. What what's your guys's like uh, mentality going into like this week? And now that you kind of capped it off with a win, like how how does that feel? Well, it feels good, but you know, well. We'll live it up, celebrate a little bit, but then it's on to the next week and we forget about what's in the past and we just move on and be the best week, what, nine? It'll be week nine. Yeah. So it'll be like best week nine of us. So it'll be one and oh again. Yeah, that's a good great great way to great way to look at it. And you know, Red Bank definitely has, you could arguably say has one of the better high scoring offenses in district nine also. And you guys held your defense held them to seven points tonight. What's that say about your defense this year? Uh, well, we got, we got some pressure when we needed some pressure. Definitely feel like it wasn't our best game, but uh, our DBs really stepped up and didn't allow too many big shots down the field. And uh, I think Red Bank got the first initial lead. So they were up seven zero. And what's what's going through your guys' mind? You know, it's like it's been zero zero three fourths of the game, fourth quarter. They're up seven nothing with, and then you guys get the ball. What what's going on through? What's going in, 
on in the in your minds with that with that just do us you know just we know what our uh what we our game plan was and we executed it yeah and you kind of capped that off with i think uh chris said on the broadcast it was like 65 yard drive to score yep yeah so that definitely uh who, who do you feel like uh helped lead that charge i know drew evans had a bunch of good runs and stuff and obviously the o-line you got to shout out those guys for possibly oh, yeah. giving like the best uh run, one of the best run games in the district too with you got blaine moses out there you got no archer drew evans is running out there so like you guys definitely have something going on the running side of the game yeah uh, i feel like drew our qb4 we're a uh, running back for and uh we're just uh, just going in and him being able to run the ball like that and Blaine coming out and obviously our offensive line just working hard. Miska, Braylon, Yuso, Levi, just grinding it out. Yeah, so the, you go down there, you score, and it is seven to 7-6. And obviously with looking at the score, you guys got the two-point conversion. But what's going on? What, what are you guys thinking? You're like, all right, well, we've seen a lot of games, whether it's like NFL, college, or even games in District 9 and 10 this year where, all right, we can win the game with the two-point two conversion or we lose the game if we don't get it or we can kick an extra point. So what's going on with that? Like, Do you guys have a kicker at all, or was that just a situation where you had all the momentum with the run game and you just wanted to punch it in and finish it out that way? Or Yeah, we, well, we drove down the field, and uh, we, knew, we knew right then we're going to keep pounding it. Yeah, and that, like that's a, as you know, as a fan spectator, and I'm sure as a player too, you could probably think of this. But like, what's your thoughts on on two point conversions, like in a situation like that late in the game where it's either you win it or you lose it? What what's your take on that? Well, yeah, we don't we don't have a kicker as also, and uh, so that just really sums up our answer. Just be like, all right, let's give it to our horses in the backfield and let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think having all that momentum, you know, 65, 65, 64-yard drive or whatever it was, and as I was watching that, I'm like, man, if that like they are going for two, I, I figure I kind of assumed after that timeout was called, I'm like, man, I would just keep running. I just keep feeding your backs the ball, and it looks like it worked out pretty well for you guys. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, and then after that, Red Bank gets the ball. Your defense has to step up, and Drew Evans really stepped up there with that basically game ceiling interception yeah he he played a really great game honestly both sides of the ball uh he was just in the right position at the right time he did his 111th yeah that's awesome and i think he even mentioned that on his uh quote graphic that i got him for being the 111th out there so shout out to drew evans for the game he had and was did i read it right was tonight homecoming night for you guys or what was uh, no no that wasn't was it senior yeah, it night or no? Was it was just no, home game. I'm thinking. All right, I'm just thinking of something else. But what what was the atmosphere like at that? Like after you won that game? Yeah, we like like I said, it's we knew it was going to be a dogfight, and we we have a lot of heart, and we knew that we wanted to win that game bad, and we played for each other, and we know that like when we faced adversity, they went up seven zero. We bounced back on back off each other, and we just kept going. Yeah, I think that also says a lot. I feel like this is a big statement win for you guys, too. You know, people could look at some of the teams you play on the schedule and it's like, oh, it's not a big strength of schedule compared to some of the other schools out there. But like a 8-7 to seven win over the unde an undefeated team at home, now you kind of guys are kind of sitting at, all right, you have the tiebreaker over those guys there. So you, there's a chance you guys can potentially go into the district playoffs as the number one seed. Right, yeah, and... We're just going to keep going one game at a time. Yeah, what, what's that say about your school, too? I know Port Allegheny has kind of had some down years in the past, like, decade or whatever. But, like, recently, like, there's kind of, like, a little revival up there in the Gators. I know, like, whenever I was playing back in the day, like, Port Allegheny had that uh, state quarterfinals or semifinals run way back in the day. And now you guys are sitting here, like, one of the best. Like, now I guess we could say that you're arguably what the best team in 1A right now. Right, yeah, uh, just hard work. One, our weight room is just crazy. We just come in, we we're not scared to work. Yeah, and it seems like all that hard work's paying off for you guys. And I'm glad that you guys got that win tonight. 
Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so congratulations on that. Uh, is there anyone you want to shout out in particular before we move on to the next part of the show? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely my uh, boys up front, the D-line, no linemen, and uh, my backs making uh, just the easiest on us up front. And then, obviously, Coach Minkowski. All right. Well, hey, thanks, uh, Carson, for joining the Generational Wealth Management Extra Points post-game show. Shout-out for the win. Shout-out to the Gators. And, like I said, thanks for hopping on here and talking about the game for everyone. Yep, thank you. All right. Hey, have a good night, man. You too. All right. That was Carson Neely from Port Allegheny talking about the win. So big, definitely a big win for Port Allegheny. Uh, eight to seven, like I said, but we'll go, we'll go down through the scores one more time for anyone who's just tuning in since we're 15 minutes into the show. So we'll do a quick little recap. We're going to mix it up. We're going to go district 10 first. Five, Cochranton 6, Cathedral Prep 40, Butler 14, Maplewood 31, Kennedy Catholic 22, Mercer 15, Lakeview 13, Reynolds 78, Segertown 12, Mercyhurst Prep 67, Iroquois nothing, Seneca 40, Union City 0, Farrell 42, Sharon 14, Hickory 45, Greenville 12, Grove City 38, Sharpsville 22, Slippery Rock 34, Wilmington 6, Oil City 34, Conneaut 7, Meadville 77, Franklin 0, Warren 42, Titusville 17, Gerard 30, Corey 21, General McLean 29, Fairview 15, St. Clairsville, Ohio 41, Fort LaBeouf 12, Northeast 25, Harbor Creek 0. Those were our District 10 scores. Moving on to District 9, we have Punxsutawney 41, Monotaw 0, Keystone 45, Kane 13, Connemaw Valley 28, Kerwinsville 27, final in overtime, Clearfield 55, Belfont 16, Central Clarion County 45, Dubois 7, Cameron County 28, Elk County 13, Brookville 34, Carn City 7, Brockway 41, Ridgeway 13, St. Mary's 31, Bradford 0, Union AC Valley 42, Smithport 7, Port Allegheny 8, Red Bank Valley 7, and Otto Eldred 42-36. There are, that is your Pizza Hut District 9 and 10 football live scoreboard for week 8. We're going to take a quick ad break and we'll try to work on getting some more people on. Whether retirement is just around the corner or years away, John Bon Giovanni, Lucas Slazak, and Adam Jack of Generational Wealth Management in Erie and Bradford are here for you. John, a Forbes-recognized best-in-state wealth advisor, Lucas and Adam provide customized investment advisory solutions and retirement planning services. Generational Wealth Management offers world-class investment services and internationally recognized insurance products from Northwestern Mutual, an industry leader. The Generational Wealth Management team provides a high level of expertise and service to their professional and business clients. Contact the Erie office at 814 814- 651-0838 or the Bradford office at 814-368-4065 or check them out online at gwm.nm.com. What's the recipe for surprising the kids, treating yourself, and ditching dish duty? You're looking at it. Order your Pizza Hut faves like original pan, original stuffed crust, and more at PizzaHut.com. No one out pizzas the hut. All right, we are back. Shout out to our sponsors, Generational Wealth Management, Warren County Visitors Bureau, and Pizza Hut. Those are our three big sponsors. Um, I'm working right now to try to get some more people on the show. I'm trying to 
I'm trying to like line it up where we can get teams that were home because I know that we've tried getting players that are on the road and we kind of lose them halfway through. So working on some text from teams that were at least home that won because that's kind of like our best bet to get people on. But we'll see what we can do. But yeah, lots of, like I said, lots of good stuff that we saw tonight in District 9 and District 10, especially with District 10, definitely offense galore for everyone. I mean, we had a bunch of teams in the 40s. We had a, two teams in the 70s. We had one team in the 60s. Like, man, that's definitely a lot of offense going around there in District 10. And lots of shutouts, too. So definitely defenses are doing pretty well. Mercer's Prep with a shutout. Seneca with a shutout. Meadville with a shutout. Northeast with a shutout. And even in District 9, too, we had a couple shutouts. St. Mary's with a St. Mary's with a 31 nothing shutout over Bradford. Punksy with a 41 nothing shutout over Monotaw. So, yeah. Pretty good day in District 9 and 10. Uh... Like I said, still working on working on trying to get someone on right now. Let me take a, another quick ad break while I get this message sent. Looks like we have possibly Andy on. Uh, oh, okay. oh, there, nope, that's Chris. All right, I think we can add in. I think we can add Andy. What's up? Maybe he wasn't ready. What's up? Anyone? Anyone? Chris? Andy? Um, Jared, can you hear me? Yes. I got you, Andy. I think Chris is struggling to get his mic to work, it looks like. I'll be right. All right. I think everyone is having some technical. Nope. Andy's gone. So see how long that lasts, I guess. Nope. Chris is gone too. So, <laughs> well, you got to see Chris and Andy for a second, but <laughs> I'm sure they're going to get that uh, fixed up real quick. Hopefully. Uh, let's go through the comments we got. Alright. Dave Nee asks, do you know if Clearfield is number one in the Mountain League with the Tyrone loss tonight? That is an excellent question that I'm not 100% sure if I can answer. Um, let me get back to you on that comment, and I will see what I can figure out if you haven't already figured it out. So give me a minute, and I'll do some research. I'm also not 100% sure how tiebreakers work in the Mountain League just because uh, Clearfield is the only District 9 team in that league. So I'm, I'm not real familiar with most of the teams that are in that. Okay, can you hear me now, Jared? Yes, yes, yes I yes, can. Yes, yes, yes. All right, hold on, hold on. We got some echo. I'm echo. 
think I've done away with the echo. Can you hear yeah, me, Jared? Yes, sir. I got you. Okay, All so right. I should be better now, guys. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. You're way All better right. than last time. All right. Sorry. I'm sitting here in Sheets and uh, Port Allegheny to try to do this for you. Awesome. So, uh, so yeah, go ahead, Jared. Oh, I was going to say, so how was everyone's games tonight? I know I just talked to Carson, Chris. I know you were at the game. Like, what, what was your take on the game? Well, yeah, I mean, again, you had the situation where Red Bank Valley was without some key players, including quarterback Cam Wagner and wide receiver Ashton Kale. Uh, we don't really know why. Um, I mean, we could speculate, but we're not in the business of speculation. And all the uh, administration from Red Bank will tell us right now is that we don't comment on medical conditions of players or disciplinary policy of players, which tells me that players were either hurt or they were being disciplined, but we don't know which. Um, again, I know a lot of people out there have their own theories of what went on, uh, but as a responsible journalist, I don't have any real opinions until somebody actually will confirm. And right now, Nobody uh, in the know at Red Bank Valley, or at least in the administration down there, is uh, is talking. And all the information I have is second and third hand. And so I don't feel comfortable talking about any of that sort of stuff other than they were without those players. And um, Rich Rhodes and I figured that it looked like they were missing 10 players tonight. Again, we don't know if some of those guys were hurt. Some of them were being disciplined. We just don't know. But the fact is, is they didn't have those guys. And uh, even without those guys, they played a heck of a football game. Give them a lot of credit. Uh, a lot of adversity, obviously, when you find out later in the week that you're not going to have some players, especially your starting quarterback. Uh, Braylon Wagner stepped in. That's Cam's younger brother. This dude's got a future, man. Um, he can throw the football. Um, he's going to get better. He's going to learn how, a better decision-making at times. But – He's only, what, a freshman, I think? He's only a freshman. Uh, he threw a pass tonight. It's one of the best passes I've ever seen a high school football quarterback throw. Um, and that's not an understatement. It was a 90-yard touchdown pass, and the ball had to have been in the air about 50 yards at least, if not longer. Um, and it came with seven minutes to go in a scoreless game on third down and 10 from his own 10-yard line. And it gave them a 7 nothing lead. And, you know, I remember turning to Sean Lathrop, who was doing the game to me tonight, and I go, I was saying, man, Port Allegheny kept letting them hang around, hang around. And when you do that, you could be in trouble. And all of a sudden, it looked like there was a chance for them to be in trouble. Um, but give Port a lot of credit. They came back. They uh, The big guys up front started opening holes. Uh, Blaine Moses, Peyton Styles, Drew Evans uh, ran the ball really hard. They went right down the field on Red Bank and scored. There was no decision to make because they haven't kicked an extra point all year. Um, <laughs> So they're gonna they were gonna go for two, and uh, they called timeout. They called the quarterback's number, and he scored. Um, all that being said, Red Bank had a chance. They had the ball around midfield, and uh, Owen Klaus is a pretty good field goal kicker. I think that they needed to get the ball to about the twenty yard line. So, you know, 20, 15, 20 yard line. So they were about thirty yards out of field goal range, and uh, you know they uh. The, they, they, they ran a play on second down, and Drew Byers got dropped for a yard loss. And then on third down, I thought that uh, Braylon Wagner tried to maybe squeeze a ball into a, an area where maybe he shouldn't have. And Drew Evans came up with a really nice diving interception. And then all they needed to do from there was get a first down, and they did that. And then they kneeled down. And, you know, they celebrated, and I think rightfully so, because arguably that's Port Allegheny's biggest win since, what was it, Andy, 2012 when they when yep. they won the, the, when they went to the state semifinals? Yep, and that, that was a great team, and this is, this is their best team since then. And uh, they do it in a different way, um, but, but, but it's, it's their identity, and, and uh, they're having a lot of fun up there in Port this season. That's a heck of a football team. Yeah, and um, – you know, it just uh, – it, 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 we all went in thinking it was going to be a great football game, and then you find out that certain players aren't playing, and then you start worrying about how the outcome's going to be. But I don't think anybody watching that game – and there were a lot of people watching that game, uh, whether live 
driver on video, whether it was us or uh, the, the Port Allegheny Sports Network who we were doing the game with. Um, it, it was uh, everybody got their money's worth. And I think both of those teams can go home and uh, feel 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 like, hey, you know, nobody really lost that football game. It, it just somebody has to lose on the scoreboard. The only thing that could have been better is if that game had gone to overtime tied at zero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, hey, guys, I got to get back to work here uh, already looking at a late night. So I'll let you guys uh, take care. Uh, All right, Chris. Hey, safe travels, man. Yeah, have fun, Chris, on your drive home. <laughs> I know how fun those trips are. Yeah, I, think you, I think we lost him. Yep. Yep, I think that's it for Chris and uh Yeah. Yeah, well, Jared. Yep. Well, there we go. Care. We'll yeah, take care of talk, that. Yeah, talk about a unique situation really where uh you know Red Bank Valley finds out they're gonna be out a bunch of players, um, including your starting quarterback, and you have you know, freshmen step in. They were still almost able to win the football game. Mm-hmm. And I think in what a lot of people considered um, you know, was the game of the year in District Nine to uh to this point, and despite all that, that that we found out before the game, it kind of lived up to the billing. Yeah, I definitely. Uh, I didn't know about that the guys were missing until I saw it in the broadcast and found out after the fact. But I think that's. I think that just shows how good Red Bank's depth is the whole way throughout their program. I mean, if you have like ten guys out, whether they're starters or you know everyone's a key part of the team, whether it's in scout team or whatever during practice throughout the week. And the fact that those guys who got replaced, you know, you have a freshman quarterback back out there getting thrown into on the road, getting thrown into a game where you're undefeated, you're, and you're playing a six and one team. And you basically, like Chris said, you got the lead for them and then they ended up losing that. But still like the fact that your first ever start, you're in a dog fight with a, one of the top, like you're, you're playing one of the top teams and, District and I, I think, like I said, I think that definitely shows a lot about Red Bank's depth throughout their program. Yeah. And uh, not to switch gears on you, but the game uh, Brian Hagberg and I called, Warren uh, Titusville. That was Warren 42, Titusville 17. Uh, Warren with its fifth win, which marks the fifth year in a row. They've won at least five games. Jared, there were touchdowns in this game of 80, 69, 25, 21, 80. 28 and 49 yards and there's Brian and he can attest to this and it it was it was just a game full of big plays and man was it fun to watch yeah it's fun to watch it was fun to call too I mean yeah that that whole first half just seemed like it was uh both teams trading big play after big play landing you know like describing like a heavyweight fight just landing body blow after body blow and then all of a sudden the haymaker would come and uh uh you know again that that was a seven point game at the half and Titusville had closed it to within four after the opening position of the second half. And then all of a sudden uh, Warren just clamped things down, scored 21 unanswered and goes on to a big win. Yeah. And, and really was the uh, kind of three headed monster there. With running back, Eric Dipple quarterback and Caden Wright receiver, Tommy, uh, counted for four touchdowns, over 200 yards rushing, 80-yard touchdown reception, 69-yard touchdown rush. Caden Wright had an 80-yard touchdown reception, a 49-yard touchdown reception, uh, dippled over 200 yards and three touchdowns. And, Jared, uh, if you'll look in there, I I, I got a, an interview with those three, if you can uh, if you can find that in there. Oh, let me see. The right Nyquist dippled one, you said? That's it. That's the one. All right. all right. Let's play that. Here with the guys that uh, made all the explosive plays on offense for Warren tonight, their 42-17 win over Titusville. Guys, first of all, congratulations on the win. Thank you very much. Um, a lot of big, a lot of long touchdowns tonight. What makes this offense so explosive? Well, tonight the line was incredible. I mean, they had their blocks, they stayed in the blocks. They did, they did everything that we needed to do. I mean, we have the easy card. We just kind of run, we throw, we catch. I mean, they're the ones up front doing everything they needed to do. So. We had the right play calls and the right situations that led to those big plays. Yeah, and like Tommy said, the line gave us the time to do what we had to do to get the line. Um, how have you, speaking of that line, how have you seen those guys, you know, continue to just get better as the season's going along? We've had a lot of changes yeah. with our line and 
Big, uh, guys have stepped up to the plate and done a great job. Your improvement is insane. Very, from where we started and where we are now is a big difference. Because of hard work and concentration. Mm -hmm. um, you guys come out and get the big stop to start the second half. Well, they got a field goal, but then you get a big stop. And at that point, it's only a four-point game. So how critical is that? That was huge. It was, it was very, a very big stop. It was definitely a momentum changer because, I mean, we get the ball and then we go and score, and then now we're up two scores, get another stop and score. So definitely a momentum changer. Caden, uh, take me through your 80-yarder your there. It seemed like uh, your quarterback put it up there for you and you were able to go up and get it, and then, you know, the rest was history. Yeah, I was kind of, yeah, I was, I was kind of frustrated with the first couple incomplete passes I had, and I just felt like I had to bounce back and make some plays to help the team win. So, but yeah, it was a great throw, great protection by the line. So, And, uh, you know, I thought you guys, you gave them a lot of different looks tonight. How much do you think that contributes to your success? Uh, I mean, the different looks definitely help because, I mean, the way we set up kind of differs how the defenders set up, so it's like different for them and it's hard for them to change. Yeah, we prepared very well for this game with a lot of different formations that we knew would work with them. And just how much fun was it to come out and put on this kind of performance uh, in, in the homecoming game? It was special. Definitely yeah. a moment that we're all going to remember. Yeah, for my senior year, I wouldn't have asked for a better game. Yeah. All right, guys, your, your fifth win of the season. How, how do you feel like, I, I guess lastly, just how do you feel like you, you've improved collectively as a team as the season's gone on? I think the team chemistry has been great. I mean, it just keeps getting better and better. And now we're just going to keep working even harder to keep the momentum going and get ready to face Meadville next week. So. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, great job tonight. Congrats on the win. Awesome. Yeah, and one of the things I loved about that, uh, Tommy Nyquist, the first, first thing he said uh, when he talked about their offensive effort was he credited the offensive line. And, um, you know, they – that's an offensive line that's been banged up with injuries this year. And, uh, you know, I thought they did yeah, a really good job tonight. Again, kind of allowing, you know, those explosive plays to happen. Yeah, it didn't, definitely didn't seem like uh, Eric Dippold was under much pressure at all when he did drop back to pass and they had all kinds of time to throw and, uh, you know, gave those receivers time to, to get open. And, you know, once Kaden Wright or Tommy Nyquist gets a step on a defender, if uh, Dippold's able to, put that pass on the money it's gonna go for a long ways most of the time yeah and just to illustrate the big plays you know dippled eight completions for 232 yards uh nyquist 12 carries for 202 yards uh right four receptions 138 yards just just a ton of big plays tonight you know jerry you were talking about being impressed with the um the freshman quarterback over at uh, Red Bank tonight. Uh, I mm -hmm. was thoroughly impressed, Andy, with the uh, sophomore quarterback for Titusville. I mean, it was his third start, but uh, they've definitely got a bright future, at least at the quarterback spot uh, with Ian McDonald at the helm. Uh, did a, a lot of really nice things, uh, especially thrown on, on the run. He was under pressure quite a bit uh, from that Warren defensive front and made some really nice throws and, and did some good things to get away with that. And, you know, with with experience and and some of that wisdom that comes with those game reps, uh, he's going to be a big weapon for the Rockets down the road. Absolutely. Again, that's a young football team. It's kind of a kind of seen as a rebuild there in Titusville. They haven't had a lot of success in recent years, but there's definitely a lot to look uh, to look forward to there with the with the Titusville Rockets program. There, do we do we have someone in the comments there trying to well a player trying to jump on? Maybe need the link. Oh, oh, yeah, I, I got that taken care of. We got okay, good deal, good deal. Yeah. You know, you guys were also talking about, like, explosive plays and stuff, but I kind of mentioned it at the beginning of the show. District 10 really, like, blew up with offense today. We got two teams in the 70s tonight. We had a bunch of teams in the 40s. Like, the big one is the Reynolds 78, Segerstown 12, and Meadville 77, Franklin nothing. Like, you guys hear anything about – how that game went or did those scores kind of surprise you at all or what are your thoughts um not not really um and you heard tommy nyquist talk about there for warren they have meadville next week and meadville uh to put it simply they're one of the best teams in district 10 i think they came out a little irritated this week mcdowell handed them their first loss of the season last week and uh you know they came out really i think did what people expected them to do i think that's their fourth shutout this year 
I think when people focus on Meadville, they tend to focus on that rushing attack, that line, and they have that two-headed monster uh, with Kalon Simmons and Brady Walker. But, uh, you know, that defense, and again, they had to be, you know, again, going against 6A McDowell last week, you know, giving up 40, I think 49 points. But again, pitching another shutout this week, um, they're back to doing what they do. And it's interesting with just – it's just them – you know, and Corey in 4A and District 10 this year, I think pretty much everyone expects Meadville to take that. Um, and it's really a question of, of what can they do beyond that? Because this was a team that was a state quarterfinalist a year ago. And uh, I think the expectations are there for them to get, you know, to that point again this year. That's really a really, really solid football team. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, I really have – much to uh much to add to that uh, i mean meadville has been as advertised uh just looking to see uh about some stats on that but i mean you know you look at uh, according to the meadville trib Claude simmons first play from scrimmage 78 yard touchdown i mean just that's just what meadville's been able to do all season long to pretty much everybody um you know those big explosive plays they can seemingly score at will you know again minus a, a game against 6A McDowell, but, uh, you know, the, the Bulldogs have, have done what they needed to do and and uh, really, like I said, have been as advertised and certainly look like a, a dangerous team in 4A. Yeah, and it's amazing. They always have good, great lines, great running backs. Of course, going, you know, former Penn State star Journey Brown, um, you know, guys like Isaiah Manning, um, and now with Simmons and Walker, they just churn it. It's, it's a running back factory there at Meadville. Yeah, and uh, before we move on to, we have a guest waiting. Were there any other games in uh, District Ten that kind of stood out to you? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in on one just real quick. Uh, Mercer fifteen, Lakeview thirteen. Mercer gets a late interception interception to seal that win. Um, that's their sixth win of the season. They're going to be a playoff team in in one A. Um, really, really a nice. Uh, nice season for the Mustangs there and what you know just looking at might have been the game of the night um you know in district 10 and and that's a program that again you know Mercer County football that's kind of a different animal it's typically you know the class of district 10 and uh you know Mercer's taking their lumps um in recent years but that's a really quality football team uh they have there and a nice win for them tonight Any games that stood out to you, Brian, before we get our guests on? Um, you know, I think just looking at, uh, you know, Grove City, Sharpsville, I, th- I think, you know, especially just the way that the that the Eagles were able to to jump out to a big lead in that game. Uh, you know, obviously Sharpsville coming off the, the disappointing loss uh, at Fer- against Farrell a week ago, which, you know, again, that's just <laughs> the, the way things are going to be for a lot of these teams right now against the Steelers. But, uh, you know, you – Thought maybe they'd have a, a bounce back here against Grove City, but uh, the Eagles come out and kind of, you know, sh- showing everybody, hey, look, we're the defending 3A champs for a reason, and, and we're going to show everybody why that is, and they certainly did that tonight. All right. Uh, let's play a quick our uh, generational wealth management ad, and we got a Brockway Rover that we'll add on to the show after it. Whether retirement is just around the corner or years away, John Bon Giovanni, Lucas Slazak, and Adam Jack of Generational Wealth Management in Erie and Bradford are here for you. John, a Forbes-recognized best-in-state wealth advisor, Lucas and Adam provide customized investment advisory solutions and retirement planning services. Generational Wealth Management offers world-class investment services and internationally recognized insurance products from Northwestern Mutual, an industry leader. The Generational Wealth Management team provides a high level of expertise and service to their professional and business clients. Contact the Erie office at 814 814- 651-0838 or the Bradford office at 814-368-4065 or check them out online at gwm.nm.com All right, so joining us next we got uh, Brockway Rover Reese Yonner. What's going on, Reese? Uh, what's going on? How's your uh, how's your game tonight? What's uh, it was pretty good. Uh, clinched playoff spot for the first time, I think, four years. So, really feeling good about that. All right. Uh, let me know if I'm wrong on this, but uh, was the game tied 13-13 at halftime? Uh, yeah, it was. All right. So, what happened here in the second half? 28 unanswered points in the second half for you guys? Yeah. 
honestly, uh, we knew we were getting the ball at half. We just want to do what we do best is run the ball. With our, I think we have the best O-line in D9. We're just going to run it down their throats, and we did. Yeah, that's really uh, different from Brockway. You know, I'm used to the air raid attack from Brockway, and, you know, if you run game works, it works. And obviously you kind of gave that to – showed Ridgeway that. But what was kind of the big difference from the first half to the second half? Like, did you guys just get off to a slow start and not get off the bus? or? Um, I wouldn't say we didn't get off the bus. Just defense, we had a couple minor mistakes. That up. Scoreboard showed for it, too. Mm-hmm. What was uh, Coach Heigl's message at halftime to kind of motivate you guys? Um, just like, just like we said, we're just two bad plays. We just knew that we were better. Yeah, and you know, Brock, I, like, I was at your uh, game against Port that didn't go really go your way, but now you're kind of back on the horse, back to back. We won last week, right? Yeah, yeah, back to back wins now for you guys, kind of getting some late season momentum and so like what's that what's that been like uh honestly after that port allegheny game we just really came back together and had a couple team discussions came back won three straight and we're just going from there taking it game by game and i guess while you kind of brought this up you know it looks like your next game is against a team that just lost port allegheny also yeah uh this one was really on my schedule because my freshman year, since my freshman year, we didn't get one I'm really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that'll be a pretty good game for you guys. You get to go on get to go on the road again against a team that's probably going to be hungry for uh, revenge from last week from their loss this week. So, what, what's your kind of uh, what's your thoughts heading into that game? Uh, honestly, just doing everyone do their one eleven plays football. All right. Well, hey, Reese, thanks for uh, thanks for hopping on and talking to us a little bit about the game. Good luck the rest of the season, and good luck, I guess, since you clinched a playoff spot, good luck in playoffs. Yep, thank you. Thanks, Reese. All right, that was our Reese Honor from Brockway. Uh, big win over, I guess it'd be a bigger win against Bridgeway. I mean, like I said in the interview, you know, 28 unanswered points in the second half by Brockway. That's definitely a big switch from a 13-13 tied game at halftime. Yeah, um, and I've gotten to see that Brockway team a few times this season. Most recently, uh, when they beat Smithport 41-6, to it started this three-game winning streak. And the biggest difference I noticed with them from early in the season until now, and Reese touched on it, is, is the evolution of their running game. Um and you heard him say, you know, they have a ton of confidence. He feels they have the best offensive line district nine. And uh, the way they've been running the ball the past few weeks, it's hard to argue with them. Um, and that's really, you knew the passing game was going to be there. Uh, but the evolution um, of that running game with Jendi Quayla running back and that offensive line um, really gives this Brockway team, you know, another dimension, as he said, as they look forward to the postseason. You know, and again, defensively, too, during this three-game winning streak, um, they're giving up six, 20, and 13 points in those three wins. Um, so you you run the ball, you play good defense as we get into mid to late October here. Uh, that's a recipe for success. Yeah, and I think those uh, I think those back-to-back losses they had with Union and Port Allegheny, uh, like in the middle of the season, I think that really kind of helped motivate them a little bit moving forward. I think that they got a bunch of momentum going with them for next week's game against Red Bank. Yeah, and and who knows what that you know Red Bank team is going to look like? Of course, you know there's a situation we know they had a bunch of guys who didn't play tonight. Um, what happens next week? You know we don't know. Uh, you know, but one thing's for certain. Um, you know this Brockway team is going to come in to face them uh, with a ton of confidence, as they should, winning three in a row, and they're. They're, I think, right where they want to be at this point in the season. Yeah, and if uh, uh, Cam Wagner's little brother like is playing starting quarterback next year, we could possibly see a future little rivalry we got with two young quarterbacks. It's Braden Fox is only a sophomore. Yeah, I'll never forget Braden Fox. You know, of course, um, you know, played a pivotal role in that Dubois Central Catholic run to the state baseball championship. But what a what a freshman year he had. He steps in as a freshman. Uh, quarterback, and I covered his first start last year. And the biggest thing that stood out to me is he didn't look overwhelmed. He, you know, a freshman, varsity football, first game, you think the moment um, 
you know, might be too big for him. Uh, it wasn't, and he and he's just continued to get better and better. And you've seen his development as a quarterback. And I think you're going to continue, uh, you, you know, to see that. It reminded me of the the elder Krug when I saw his first start as a freshman against Warren. Uh, I think it was oh god five six years ago now, but um, you know, same sort of deal. That's not an easy thing to do um, as a ninth grader to, to take command of a varsity football team, but. Um, yeah, we've seen it from a number of guys now in District Nine. Yeah. Um, what else? What What other games were there in District Nine? Were there any uh, District Nine games that you saw that kind of stood out? Um, I guess we could also touch on the Cameron County upset over Elk County Catholic, twenty-eight thirteen. Yeah, that one stood out. Yeah, the other one that stood out to me was um, Brookville thirty-four, Carn City seven. Um, that's a Raider team that dealt with a lot of adversity, again, losing their starting quarterback early in the season. And uh, they've battled back, and that, that's a huge win for them tonight. Yeah, I think, what is that? Is that their third straight win or third, yeah. something like I don't remember what the stat I read was. Yeah, they won, uh, they've won. they won four of their last five, I guess, now. And, uh, Jared, I don't want to throw this one at you, man, but you're – your 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 Kerwinsville Golden Tide there dropping a tough one in overtime tonight. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a <laughs> one and five Conema Valley team at home. Yeah. Uh, that that does kind of suck because like I all the seniors there that the seniors now were was my uh, uh, junior high team that I had a couple years ago and I kind of hate to see that they'll drop their last two home games of their varsity careers. So that that kind of sucks for hate it for those guys, but. I don't know what's been up with them lately. You know, they started off pretty good, and you know, I feel bad now because I was telling everyone like, "Oh, they might be a sneaky playoff type of team." But now it's <laughs> kind of looking like uh, they're not even going to be in the discussion anymore. Especially with like Auto getting a win and Countersport possibly getting a win tomorrow. So I, I think their chances of even making playoffs are probably uh, mm. not happening. Well, and, and how about that? The Auto Bucktail game. I think much more competitive than a lot of people thought that was going to be going in i mean at one point andy i know we were looking at the uh scoreboard and it, bucktail had the the lead over auto um yeah i remember know, seeing you know, that too but obviously yeah. you know the the terrors come back and and get a, a six point win over the bucks um uh, you know just again proves that in high school football you just never know one week to the next um uh, you know what may look like uh a solid win going in for a team may not be as easy as I think it is. Yeah. Um, um, I, don't, I don't want to change gears. With you. We have someone, Jared. No, you're good. Go ahead. Go ahead. With what you're good. Do. No, I'm switching gears back over to, to district 10 and what continues to be a story, not just in district 10, but regionally. And it's even been picked up nationally. Oil cities, Ethan Knox, Sixth game of the season, over 400 yards rushing tonight. Uh, 429 yards on 50 carries and four touchdowns. 50 carries and four touchdowns as Oil City defeats Connie at 34 to seven. Uh, I believe he's just something like 75 odd yards shy of the school single season record now. Uh, through eight games, um, again. Um, you, you know, I hate to understate what he's doing because we've talked about it and, and wrote about it so much. But, um, you know, this kid's – I think he's – I'll have to double-check the numbers. But I think that puts him almost at 3,000 yards right on the dot through eight games. Truly just remarkable. Max Preps reported uh, earlier in the week that he became unofficially – we don't know it's for sure, but, but per their research, the first running back in, in high school football history to have five games of at least 400 yards rushing in a season – uh, breaking a tie um, with, of course, you know, Tennessee Titans star Derrick Henry when he was at Uly High School in Florida, uh, who had four such games his senior season. So just remarkable stuff there. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know if uh, – has he gotten any, like, college offers or anything? Or uh, Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. It's funny you mention that. The, the numbers have certainly warranted attention. Um. Nothing, nothing, you know, division one wise. I know there's been some interest, some schools have started sniffing around a little bit. So we'll, we'll see what comes of that. Um, 
you know, when we had our buddy Joe Lednowski on a couple weeks ago, he gets to gets to see Ethan uh, quite a bit. And, uh, you, you know, and Brian kind of tested this too. He's, he's, he's got good size to tall for a running back, about six, one, a tall running back, got good size to him, good burst. Um, and Joe seemed to think oh, it was funny that he, he'd almost be better on the defensive side of the ball at the next level. I think he had his, his fourth interception of the season on defense tonight as well. So, uh, yeah, definitely something to, to, to keep an eye on going forward. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously everybody's talking about everything that he's doing, you know, running the ball, but he's also one of the, Oilers leading tacklers on the season too. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, again, then using that speed to go sideline to sideline as a, as a linebacker on defense, uh, you know, makes him, he's certainly not a, a one dimensional player by any means. Yeah. That kind of sucks for me that I won't actually get to see him play since that's kind of like out of the way for me, but that'd be kind of cool <laughs> to see, see what all the hoop was about that. And uh, I guess to kind of wrap up the show here too, we have a couple B9 and 10 games uh, in Saturday actions. In District 9, the lone game we got is Cowdersport at Sheffield. District 10, we have Eisenhower at Northwestern, which you can watch live on D9 and 10 Sports. And West Toronto Prep at McDowell. And Erie at Ken- can you Canisius. Canisius. Canisius, yeah. Yep. That's not that's not what I said earlier, but <laughs> and uh, Brian, if you want to touch on that one real quick, Brian and Cody Elms will mm-hmm. be uh, an Albion PA for that showdown between Eisenhower and Northwestern. Yeah, this should it should we're anticipating an absolutely fantastic ball game tomorrow night. Uh, you know, really, Eisenhower comes into this game seven and zero, Northwestern five and two. You know, Wildcats really been on a on a run since that upset over oil city a couple of weeks ago and uh, you know, could really throw a monkey wrench into the uh, region two standings. If they're able to uh, hold serve on their home field and uh, knock Eisenhower from the uh, ranks of the NBA well, ranks rank, they are, they are the uh, lone remaining undefeated team in district 10. Uh, you know, on the flip side though, Eisenhower's got a chance to really, you know, put a stranglehold on the region two title. Uh, they got one more, after tomorrow night uh, at Iroquois, um, but uh, a, w- a win over Northwestern uh, would give them would give Northwestern two uh, losses in region. They uh, dropped one earlier in the year to Mercyhurst Prep, uh, and Eisenhower already with a win over the Lakers a couple of weeks ago. Again, would need to uh, just go into Iroquois, come away with a win to win the region title outright. Uh, could clinch a share of it tomorrow night with uh, with a win there, and probably uh, again with a with a win over Northwestern. I would think they would almost assuredly lock up one of the top two seeds in the District Ten Class One A playoffs. Uh, what time is that game for everyone who wants to watch live? Or uh, kickoff is at seven o'clock. We'll be going on the air at approximately six forty with the pregame show. All right. And uh, Andy, are you not going to the Cowersport Sheffield game or? Uh, well, I, I don't know. We'll see. I don't expect that. Uh, I expect County to kind of hold serve there. It's funny. We talked about that. It's been an interesting season for Countersport, right? They give up 70 points to Brockway one week, then back-to-back shutouts the next week, the next two weeks. Um, so that, that's that's an interesting football team. Of course, Sheffield um, had been well-documented, um, had their struggles. But, yeah, it's an afternoon kickoff there on uh, on Wolverine Mountain, one of the – for my money, one of the best views, if not the best view, for to watch a football game in District Nine. It's also one of the longest walks from the locker room to the field. It, it sure is. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably easily the most strenuous walk from the locker room to the field yeah. too. Uh, going up all all those stairs to get up on the on the Wolverine Mountain. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a hike, but I will agree it definitely is one of the. One of the best views, that and Smithport. I really like the views at Smithport. Yep. Smithport's very nice. But uh, yeah, let's play a couple ad re- ads that we have, and then we'll kind of wrap up the show and call it a uh, week eight. 
Whether retirement is just around the corner or years away, John Bon Giovanni, Lucas Slazak, and Adam Jack of Generational Wealth Management in Erie and Bradford are here for you. John, a Forbes-recognized best-in-state wealth advisor, Lucas and Adam provide customized investment advisory solutions and retirement planning services. Generational Wealth Management offers world-class investment services and internationally recognized insurance products from Northwestern Mutual, an industry leader. The Generational Wealth Management team provides a high level of expertise and service to their professional and business clients. Contact the Erie office at 814 814- 651-0838 or the Bradford office at 814-368-4065 or check them out online at gwm.nm.com. recipe for surprising the kids, treating yourself, and ditching dish duty? You're looking at it. Order your Pizza Hut faves like original pan, original stuffed crust, and more at PizzaHut.com. No one out pizzas the hut. All right, those are big sponsors, Generational Wealth Management, Warren County Visitors Bureau, and Pizza Hut of Clearfield, Clarion, Brookville, Dubois, St. Mary's, Grove City. No one out pizzas the hut. Uh, I don't think we can thank our sponsors enough for sponsoring the show and bringing this uh, extra point show every Friday night for eight weeks. And we only have a couple more weeks left in the season, but I just want to give another shout out to all of our sponsors to help us with this. Yep. I, I feel like I say for the regular season, Jared, regular, regular, season. regular, regular season. season. <laughs> but, but guys, I feel like I say it every year. It's just amazing how fast the season seemed to go. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's like, it's older, they go even quicker. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely agree with that. I mean, I just remember us talking about the week one jitters and stuff. And like, here we are in the mm-hmm. cold of mid October with uh, playoffs on the horizon already. Yeah. And, uh, Again, um, before we wrap up, just a couple, a couple of quick things I want to go over in District Ten real quick. Uh, General McLean, twenty nine fifteen over Fairview, seventh win in a row for the Lancers since the season opening loss to Slipper Rock. But I think that wrapped up the Region Five title for them, uh, as did Farrell in Region Three with their forty two fourteen win uh, over Sharon in the Steel Bowl there down there at Sharon this evening. So just a couple of uh, housekeeping items there in District 10. Two teams playing really good football. And the Lancers doing it kind of under the radar. I mean, nobody's really talked about them much as the season has gone on. Uh, you know, again, it's so much of the attention, and rightfully so, uh, in District 10 being paid uh, both to Ethan Knox individually and to, to Farrell and Sharpsville, what they were have done as uh, – as, teams but uh you know the lancers like you said andy seven straight wins uh seems like they're just kind of flying under the radar they may may be one of those teams that uh, comes into the playoffs and uh, sneaks up on some people yeah and again first young head coach first year head coach marshall mccormick um you know they i, I saw them when they beat fort labeouf back in um yeah i believe it was week two uh they they're not flashy they're they're just a smash mouth football team they play really good defense uh, they, they, they love to run the ball. They, they have a lot of different guys that can beat you in the run game. They'll mix in the pass here and there. But just, yeah, just a really, really solid football team. All right. Uh, any final thoughts by you guys before we uh, read the scores out for everyone? Yeah. Um, again, nothing um, you know, outside that Port Red Bank game. Just, again, looking across District 9, that Brookville is a big win for them. Cameron County as well. Uh, Central Clarion, man, they just keep rolling. Um, that that's not a bad Dubois football team, and they were, what was it, thirty-four nothing at halftime. So it was, I mean, that game was not close. I mean that that Central Clarion team, man, they're looking, they're looking like a juggernaut. I mean, they have all year, but um, that's just they, there's been really no hiccups with them. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I guess we can even look ahead too if uh, we get a healthy. Red Bank team, I know that's a big uh, Week 10 showdown that could be a really nice way to cap off this regular season in District 9. 
Absolutely. Yeah, there's the selection committee is going to have a, uh, a tough time, I think, uh, in, in both districts. Uh, but you look at, you know, especially in in class three A and District Ten, you know that that first team out, I think, is at this point, you know, with the way Hickory's playing, uh, you know, with the way Warren's been playing the last couple of weeks, uh, they're going to have a, an argument for for why they should have been included, regardless of, of who that last team out is. Uh, so yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that, uh, how that three, a playoff picture shakes out here, uh, in the next week or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even the three, a in, uh, district nine too. that with Punksy continuing to win and looking at the schedule that they have to finish out the season, there's a good chance. We actually might see all three, three, a teams in the playoffs with St. Mary's Clearfield and Punksy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll tell you what good. And that's not, I'm glad you brought up Punksy Jared, because that's, that's a team that, that uh, in a program that's much, much improved um, from where they were a year ago. Uh, so credit to the Chucks. And as you said, you know, yeah, three, three solid teams uh, there in 3A and District 9. Boy, 3A kind of seems to be the class maybe in both districts. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, especially since we've all – it seems like it's always like Clearfield St. Mary's for the past however many years, but now we got Punksy kind of in the in the picture now that – and with Clearfield, I think they're, I think they have the same record as St. Mary's too. So, like, depending on how the end of their season goes or whatever, you know, we could see a St. Mary's with a bye and a Clearfield versus Punksy semifinal game, or I don't know what will happen with that. So that'll be that's something definitely to keep an eye on with 3A, and definitely don't sleep on the Chucks, right? Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's uh, our week eight show. We're going to get into the last part where I'm going to read out the scores for everyone. And hopefully I can get the last part. I've been practicing this, Brian, so I don't mess this. Don't, so <laughs> I need, don't mess. We need to we need to find a little uh, timer clock that we can put in the corner here for you. See how yeah. fast you can get through all these yeah. scores. Yeah, I know. I wish they had that. And let's get uh, let's go with uh, go with the night driving. All right, you have been watching the generational wealth management extra point show with JV graphics on the YDL sports network. We'll start off with district nine. We got auto Eldridge 42 bucktail 36 port Allegheny eight red Pang Valley seven union AC Valley 42 Smithport seven St. Mary's 31 Bradford zero Brockway 41 Ridgeway 13 Brookville 34 Carn city seven Cameron County 28 Elk County Catholic 13 central Clarion County 45 Dubois seven Clearfield 55 Belfont 16 Connemaw Valley 28 Kermansville 27 overtime Keystone 45, Kane 13, Punksy 41, Montauk 0. In District 10, we have Cambridge Springs 35, Cochranson 6, Cathedral Prep 40, Butler 14, Maplewood 31, Kennedy Catholic 22, Mercer 15, Lakeview 13, Reynolds, Reynolds 78, Segertown 12, Mercer's Prep 67, Iroquois 0, Seneca 40, Union City 0, Farrell 42, Sharon 14, Hickory 45, Greenville 12, Grove City 38, Sharpsville 22, Slippery Rock 34, Wilmington 6, Oil City 34, Conneaut Conneaut 7, Meadville 77, Franklin 0, Warren 42, Titusville 17, Gerard 30, Corey 21, General McLean 29, Fairview 15, St. Clairsville, Ohio 41, Fort LaBeouf 12, Northeast 25, Harbor Creek 0. Saturday in District 9, we have Cowdersport at Sheffield, and in District 10, we got Eisenhower at Northwestern, West Toronto Prep at McDowell, Erie at Kinesis. That is... All right, that was pretty good. That was our Pizza Hut District 9 and 10 scoreboard that is it for the generational wealth management extra point show with jb graphics on the ydl sports network where you're signing off thanks for listening to us shout out all of our sponsors shout out brian and shout out handy and shout out chris and hopefully he has a fun trip in the woods back home to clarion <laughs> good night guys all right good night